Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. This is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player talk to you about movies. Monsters will rip you from limb of the limb. <laughs> that review coming up now on this episode of Brownie Points. All right, everybody, welcome to our second review of the week. Uh, we did not do a time machine because we decided to go to the theaters a second time. We promised it was happening. We've gone to the theaters twice now. Uh, I technically, full disclosure, saw this movie uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> and I couldn't figure the time to see it again because my theater showtimes kind of suck, but still, I trust Nick will help rekindle the memories i have of this movie in my head um so i'll do my best to also there's no beer good... pop in this episode because i'm trying to be quiet so the monsters don't kill me can you imagine like that's what gets you <laughs> killed like after a long hard day you're like oh my god dodging these monsters <laughs> oh god no <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ that would be <laughs> oh my gosh um but anyway, uh, Budweiser, good enough to be <laughs> mutilated and murdered by monsters for. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, this movie, Quiet Place 2, uh, as we do with every movie, uh, who created it. Uh, this film is written and directed by John Krasinski. Um, oh, did I hear Siri there for a sec? Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's all good. Um Anyway, like I was saying, written and directed by John Krasinski uh, of The Office, uh, based upon characters he co-created along with Scott Beck and Brian Woods, back from the original film. It stars uh, Emily Blunt, uh, Missalent Simmons. Um, I hope I pronounced your name right. I am so sorry if not. Uh, but there's also Noah Jupe, Cillian Murphy, and Diamond Hanzu. They round out the cast. And, you know, um, whoa, you all right there? <laughs> yeah, I burped. Things are shutting down. <laughs> okay. I was just, uh, I guess you should do your hot take then before you completely fall apart before the end of the review. <laughs> He's on the ground. He's twitching. Um, <laughs> Man, so <damn>. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like this movie as much as I like the first one. Um, uh, one of my big detractors is that I feel like <sighs> they're still quiet in this movie, but I feel like it's less quiet, and I feel like that's a big detractor because I feel like that really worked and set the, the first one apart. And it's still set apart because it, they, there is a large emphasis on being quiet, but eh, it's just not the same. Um uh, I I like Killian Murphy's character in it. Um, I think Emily Blunt does a good, does a great job. Um, I I like the part at the beginning that shows how it started. Um, I thought that was really good. And in fact, dare I say, oh, offside would be going nuts right now. Two goal lead over the Bruins of all teams. Um, you don't you don't you don't have to keep reminding me. My favorite bar is gone. <laughs> Yeah, Dan, Dan still got PTSD. Um, I, one thing I, I uh, listeners, I found out, I found out ten minutes ago. <laughs> Look into your heart. Um, but I was talking about it with Kelsey, and the reason John Krasinski works for this movie is that guy's career was started off of a role where they were like, "We need you to act with purely your face at the camera and convey exactly what you're thinking." That guy can act with his face. That guy's made for a role where they're like, don't vocalize what you're doing, but act with your face. Um, I, 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 so I think he, he not only is, apparently he's not only good at doing that, he's actually very good at like explaining like how to do it and directing people to do it. Um, 
I like this movie. I don't like it as much as the first one. Uh, it's all, it's all, it's not like you said it. It's not death by a thousand paper cuts. It's more a couple big things really kind of hold this movie back for me, uh, from being on our highest rating, which is sprinkles, our second highest rating, which is full pan middle of the road. So, so is a half pan a pretty bad movie with something redeemable is a single brownie and a movie so bad that it's one of the worst we've seen and it does, and we can't think of anything redeemable or that makes it a brownie uh is a raisin cookie so i give this a full pan on our rating scale um it's pretty good it's not as much as it's not as good as i liked the first one and i feel like the way they made this movie they they now have to make this a trilogy like uh, it, it, it spoils the ending, so I won't get into it here until we get to the spoiler zone. Ah, spoiler zone! Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the ending of this movie is a really weak... Oh, also, another thing. I had a hard time fully understanding what the daughter's plan was the entire movie, and that was kind of distracting. So I was like, what exactly are you trying to achieve? Um, so, yeah. Whoa, bless you. Um, oh my god, uh, my message got replied to. Sorry, I just... Uh... <laughs> yep, yep, Ralph. Uh, Ralph confirmed what I thought was true on the internet. Um, but I'm not going to dwell on it. <sighs> I will be strong. I can get through this. Um, <laughs> um, but no, honestly, uh, Quiet Place 2, for me, um, I think it's a really strong sequel i really do i think it's um i think it's overall uh hey kelsey by the way whenever you listen to this episode i can see you on your uh on your walking path and i just texted you the picture of you walking oh <laughs> nice i was wondering what you were doing I, I was like what am i doing that you're getting a screen or you're taking a picture of our chat with um <laughs> uh oh my gosh i need to turn my notification i just saw you get the message now now you're looking at your phone Speaking of messages, I need to mute Ralph so he doesn't distract me during this. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, Quiet Place 2. Honestly, uh, I think this is a really solid sequel, personally. Um, I I do have w just one issue with the ending, kind of like you. Um, I mean, not exactly. Like, we both have issues with the ending. But I think, honestly, up until the last, like, five minutes of the movie, this is a really strong sequel. I think Emily Blunt and the children are terrific. I think they kind of pick up exactly where they left off. Like, overall, this whole movie felt like it was shot back-to-back -back with the first one. So, I credit to John for not losing sight of, like, the tone that he set with the first movie um, entirely, I don't think. Um, I think he does a great job giving the characters um, a really interesting story and arcs that they go through to, like, empower themselves after the way the first one ended to not spoil anything. Um, Diamond Hanzu and uh, Cillian Murphy uh, just blend in. They, they, whatever. They, they blend into this movie perfectly. They don't feel like they're stealing the spotlight uh, or uh, it's not distracting that they're in the movie at all, which I was afraid of when I saw uh, Cillian or Killian, however you pronounce his name. When I saw he was in the trailer, I was worried about that. That didn't happen. It's a great performance for both of them. Uh, so, like I said, like, outside of the ending, I had a lot of fun. There's some pretty good scares in this. I think there's still some pretty good sound work, even though, Nick, you're right, this movie isn't technically as quiet as the first film. It's still, it's still got some cool sound tricks, but, like, um, yeah, it is a little louder, technically. Um, but, no, overall, on our rating scale, I give it a, I give it a full pan. I, I... Like I said, the ending is keeping it from getting sprinkles, but, yo, if John wants to do a third one, I'm all for it. Um, we already know that uh, Jeff Nichols, the guy that directed uh, Take Shelter, uh, his spinoff, not direct sequel, his spinoff is coming oh in God, two years. Oh, my God, they underscored again. Woo! Yay. Um, but, yeah, uh, Jeff Nichols' movie comes... <laughs> ah, sad face. Uh, but, no, Jeff Nichols... I just watched Take Shelter a couple days ago, so I got him on my mind. I'm super excited that he's doing a spinoff. I can't wait to see that in two years. I I called BS when John said he didn't have a universe in his mind when he was making this because it's making movies in 2020. Of course, you're 
thinking of franchising why are you making a movie otherwise um <laughs> or at least on this scale i should say but um no i enthusiastic full pan for me so um i'm i'm ready to go into spoilers uh to the spoiler zone uh if you are uh, <laughs> oh my god where do you uh where do you want to start with uh this movie i kind of want you to help jog my memory of this because again i did see this two weeks ago and i didn't see it uh within the last seven days uh for this review unfortunately so uh, where do where do you want to start with this the end no um (laughs) as we've been getting in the habit of doing lately (laughs) um so some i don't know i i kind of want to talk about like further explain um my point of um like the movie's too loud i i don't i don't think it's too loud it's just okay so how many times did you see the first one by the way uh i want to say I know once for sure in a theater, because I know I saw it at my ex's theater that she worked at in Long Island. Um, I can't remember if I saw it streaming after that, like on Hulu or something. So I I can only confidently say once. Okay. Um, I, I know for a fact I only saw it once. It was 2018, right? Yeah, this one was supposed yeah, 18, and it was supposed to be two years later, but now it's into three years later. This movie's just been sitting if- on a shelf because of COVID. Well, I'm just saying, I, I saw it one time three years ago, and if I remember right, I think it was opening weekend. If it wasn't opening weekend, it was like the week after. Um, but I I really liked that movie, but the thing that I remember was just the like the sheer terror of, if you make a sound, you are dead. And... Something that I uh, so what I like about this movie actually kind of detracts from it too. Um, with when we see them arrive, like we learn more, like they are aliens, they weren't like subterranean monsters, they're not like a science experiment gone wrong, they're they came from this guy. Um, yeah, in the prologue, that's called day zero. By by the way, in the prologue, the one thing I like with Killian Murphy's character, um, is when they're at the baseball game and he says dive and he looks at the girl and he goes, how do you, how do you sign dive? And she shows him. No one really says that at a baseball game. Although that is the motion he was wanting them to do. Like he, like he would have said slide. He wouldn't have said dive, but like, I, I like how it comes back because like, it's not too far fetched to say dive at that moment. It's not exactly what he would have said, but I like the integration of that, especially later in the movie. Um, but I, that's like, that's called we a callback. That we learned that they're, <laughs> yeah, we learned, we learned that they're aliens and that's fine. But like at the end of the first movie, I would have been fine with this, with the first movie being a standalone. Um, because in this movie, they don't pose as great, a th- great a threat. Like they actually pose a big threat when the daughter's by herself because like, the big, the biggest issue with the daughter going off by herself is like you're set up for communicating in this world. You have no idea how loud you are since you can't hear, and like she like immediately attracts one of the monsters when she's on the train, and like as soon as they see a monster, they they're just always now carrying around that speaker and they just put her head uh, uh, hearing aid up next to it. Tremendous feedback. Head opens up. Shoot it with a shotgun. It's dead. And like they, they all of a sudden now they're like, okay, we know how to kill them, and now we like just can easily exploit this massive weakness. It's kind of a detractor. Um, and then I, you're gonna think I'm a terrible person for this. So I, <laughs> the opening scene where they're after the the. Uh, prologue where they're where they first meet Cillian Murphy post uh, downfall of mankind, I guess. Yeah. One, I I said this in the first movie. So they have a baby. Okay. 
they say in this movie it's day 470 something and like the first movie is only like a day or two or like a week it's not a lot of time so you were clapping cheeks knowing it could lead to a baby likely her not being on medication to prevent said baby like what are you doing with a baby and then like they have the baby, and they're like, no, we got to keep it. We got to keep it. We got to keep it. It's like, I was telling Kelsey, I was like, the issue is now is not the time to start repopulation because you just figured, you at the time, you didn't know how to kill them. So it's like, okay, you haven't started taking the world back. You're still in survivor mode. So now is not the time to repopulate. So, like, in the beginning, when they're running in, and the kid gets his foot caught in a bear trap... <laughs> looked at Kelsey and I went, you're going to hate me. Yeet the baby at a monster and then plug the kid that's screaming with a broken ankle and just the daughter and the mom go on to survive. And she goes, oh my God. You're, like, I get your reasoning, but oh my God. Yeah, I'm on your wife's side. <laughs> she's, she's like, I follow. She's like, I'm not agreeing with you, but I follow your logic. And I was like, yeah, no, I, the, I wholeheartedly yeet the baby at a monster that. and then just yeah. like kill the kid. But Jesus like, Christ. Yeah, like <laughs> Um I will I will say I do like the um I do like the threat of air running out, but it's not from drowning that this movie has. Um Oh, I haven't even said my theater experience. So, um Oh yeah, yeah. You always you always have a theater story. <laughs> so, I had a I had a pretty bad day the day I went and saw this movie. Uh, before I got to the movie theater and we get there. And so I, I got the tickets using my AMC a list for one. And then Kelsey seat, which was right next to me. We had free ticket vouchers that she got. She had two for her birthday and then two from, um, excuse me, two from, uh, when fast and furious got canceled. Uh, she accidentally washed two of them and it ruined it. So she could, she couldn't use two of them, but, um, she's got a Fandango card to use after we see after we see Cruella tomorrow, and then I'm pushing for her to get a list, uh, and then she can be in my what is it posse? What is it entourage? And uh, <laughs> posse? <laughs> Why is this the '90s? <laughs> um, oh, wrestling some cattle. Um, but uh, and then I'll push for her to get a list because of this happening was really annoying. So I bought the tickets, like I said, using my A-list for one, and then she had a free voucher for a ticket. So we get there, and they scan my tickets with my phone, show them my mm. ID, and they go, well, you've got two tickets, and you're only supposed to have one with A-list. And I was like, I know. I used a ticket voucher for the other one. And they're like, well, it says you used two for A-list. And I, was, I, I literally went, I was like, well, I used codes for a free ticket voucher. Like, we paid two bucks for a service charge for her ticket. I can guarantee you this was not A-list. She calls the manager, and I, I literally looked at Kelsey, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, I'm about to lose it. And it's not even the theater's fault. It was, I had a pretty crappy day, and then you throw that on it, and I was like, are we seriously about to not have you see this movie because of some stupid technicality? And they got the manager over, and she goes, We'll allow it this time. We'll check our computer system. And I was like, aha, what? I killed that bug I've been trying to kill for an hour. So they go, they go, we'll let you through. We'll check our computer system. And I went, ma'am, I entered the 16-digit and the 12-digit number on a free ticket voucher. I can promise you. And she goes, okay, yeah, you definitely used a ticket voucher. Like, you wouldn't know that you had to enter just two of those off the top of your head if you were trying to rip us off. I was like, I'm not trying to rip you off. We had free ticket movie vouchers. So, yeah, that Jesus was really Christ. annoying. And I had a really crappy day, so I was about to just lose it. I was so annoyed. I was like, are you seriously about to just give us a hard time? I literally followed the instructions in the app for both of these to a T. I have my ID for my A-list and the other ticket we got with a free ticket voucher. Dude, I have seen three movies with my girlfriend where I had an A-list and I tacked on another ticket and every single time, Chaos Walking, this, Conjuring 3, and 
presumably Cruella, when we go see that in a couple days, every single time they scan my phone and say, enjoy the movie. They've not said one damn word to me about, oh, you're A-list and have two tickets. Like, what the crap is that? Yeah. That's so, that's so it weird. Got re- it got resolved real quick, and the man- the manager is super understanding, but, like, when they called the manager over before we actually knew the solution, I was I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. This is really about to happen. Dude, that's so stupid. I, yeah. I was the was the experience itself okay though? Like did people actually stay that, quiet for the was quiet great. movie? Literally literally other than that, everything was great. Didn't have an issue with the audience, especially in a movie that was overly quiet. Um, we got a message from John Krasinski before our screening. I don't know if you got the thing where it was him thanking you for coming to watch it in a theater. Yeah, no, we yeah, we had that too. Uh, I thought it was just me and my buddy John. Um But <laughs> yeah, I I, 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 the movie lost me a lot with, like, just how much louder it was. But, this, like, the, st- the opening prologue was great. Um, I think, I can't remember, like, Kelsey was telling me about some characters. And I think she said she didn't think the sun would survive very long. And I kind of agree. And if she didn't, sorry to attribute that to you. It might have been someone else I was talking to about the movie, but, like. I don't know. He like the other the one thing that this movie did that was kind of annoying. And I don't know if you picked up on this, but I remember the end of that movie. Like that movie was the daughter trying to like get her father's approval and thinking he didn't love her because he quote unquote blamed her for the death of the kid. And he like signs to her in the last moment. I love you. And then does a selfless act in order to save his two kids. He shouts and the monster kills him. Yeah. And it's supposed to show, like, her growth as a character and stuff like that. And it's supposed to be like, I've always loved you. You don't have to prove anything. And then this yeah. movie, she immediately starts trying to prove something. And she's like, well, Dad would do it. And I was like, you undid all the growth from the last movie just because. I, I didn't – I didn't – maybe it's not remembering the movie that well because it's been a while. But I and kind of The other took, thing, too, I'm going to throw it out there. I might be remembering something wrong, too. I, t- I, I haven't seen it, the movie in three years. I took it more as, like, what are we going to do to take care of ourselves because Dad's not here? How are we going to step up and be able to survive this world without John John Krasinski, our dad, being our guiding light and protector? Like, what? When it's time for us to put on our big boy pants and have a plan and try to figure out how to get out of this. That was more what I took for both of their stories like her running off to do her thing with the radio and then the son stepping up when he's literally not not metaphorically literally put into a corner and has to save the baby like that's what i got from both of their stories that dude that those scenes were intense where they thought they were locked in the uh i'm guessing coal furnace is what that was i think I could not tell at all what that factory used to do. Like I, I figured you might know, I, but I had I had no with idea. Where, with where it was, with where it was on the East Coast, I think it was a steel mill. I think. I I'll take your word for it. I just thought that was I thought that was a nice spin on um, or I don't know if spin's the right word. I like that that thing would permanently lock if they didn't have the towel like wedged in the lock. And so when obviously Chekhov's lock, when that happened and the kid was trapped, that was actually pretty damn suspenseful. I I thought that was a really interesting yeah. uh, part of the story. And uh, when the other thing that was strange, and I'm I'm trying to block out the advertising from the movie, but. I remember Lights, Camera, Barstool's interview that they had with that with Jaiman Hansu that they're like, if we have it after a year, we'll play it. Is that, is that how you pronounce his name? Jaiman Hansu? Jaiman Hansu, That's how you yeah. pronounce it? Okay. That's how they pronounce just... it. Um, okay. But they kept talking about the people in the world may not be worth saving. And we get one and a half moments of that. Um because when they first meet Killian Murphy, it's you can only stay for tonight and then you got to get going. There's not enough supplies to go around. I can't protect you. Yeah, it's kind of a jerk move, but it's not terrible. Like he gave him shelter for the night and he saved them. Like that's not, he's really not that bad. 
it's it's and self preserve it's self preservation. I totally get where he's coming from. Oh, I I I totally agree with, or I, I don't know if agree is the right word, but I understand completely understand where he's coming from. And if I were in that situation, I'd probably make the same choice of like, you've got to go. I can't I can't carry you. Um, yeah. and then the other thing, and and this is like the only time that we really see the people are terrible is the boat dock scene, but they play mm-hmm. it up in the advertising like it's gonna be like the season of the walking dead where they like find Negan or they find like that one place where they're like, everyone's fed. And it turns out they're eating humans and they're cannibals. And we're like the people on the docks are dicks. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, I think think what the whole point of his character was, was the fact that like, he's just so guarded and jaded and just is so traumatized in his way. This is how he's reacting to the he's got to learn to care apart. again is what he has to do. Exactly. He just yeah, has to exactly. learn to care again. And I, and I don't, and yeah. I don't have any, like I said, I really don't have that much issue with Killian Murphy. I'm like, it kind of fits that mold, but really weakly. But the one time you actually have exposure to people not being worth saving and that they've turned into terrible people is the scene at the docks. Well, it's not, I don't think the movie needed us to show that. We get that that's his point of view and that's his opinion. I don't think we need to exactly okay. validate him you're when mis- his arc is to feel point. better. You're missing what's, my point. The what's, advertising what's the big... built this mm-hmm. up like there was going to be much more human interaction than there was. And they were going to constantly prove that all people were terrible. The only true instance of that is at the dock. So is this more a slide at the advertising than? Yes, I guess it's false weird. advertising. Oh, pfft. well, that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. That but, happens constantly. So can we? I, I thought you were critiquing we the about... movie itself. No, it's just kind of like, eh, I wish they would have leaned into the lane they were kind of promising. Can we talk about the one thing we talked about off mic a little bit? Um, uh, which specific you thing? Kinda, you kind of agree. The daughter's plan, because when she comes up with the plan... Her plan is she like they they listen to this radio like John Krasinski was doing and they find that someone's playing this song and the song kind of tells you, hey, they break it down, come to the water, uh, get in a boat, come to this island that the the things can't swim. So you're safe out here. The, the safe haven. Yeah. So the daughter thinks, hey, if I get there, I can take my it's a radio station i can take my hearing aid and put it up there we turn the radios on we can get these things anywhere open their heads shoot them we can start clearing them out because and then we can start taking back the world i thought her because my the thing with me was when she had that plan i was like okay except for not everyone in the world knows that you play feedback, their heads open up and you can kill them. So no one's going to really know what to do with this. So I was thinking, I was like, okay, I don't think I fully understand what her plan is. It's got to be more complex. So I was trying to figure out her plan through most of the movie. And it turns out it's exactly what I thought it was when she first said it. And I was like, oh, it's just the not complex thing I thought it was. Dude. Okay. And my... you kind of, and you kind of hinted something similar. My what happened with me when she started going off to find this radio broadcast, I could tell that she wanted to do a mass broadcast of um, the feedback and um, at least save this general hundred mile, however far radios go. I, I don't know how far radio signals go go regularly. Like, let's say like. 50, 80, 100, however far miles, uh, and try to save that many people that way. That's kind of a noble thing to do. And then you save your mother and your sibling at the same time. That's kind of, that. that's noble and that's a great idea. And then maybe in the sequel or the third one, we kind of see a bigger, like, it gets, we know this. Okay, so what's going to stop them from doing this plan? But what happens when we get to the climax and she does it, the film, at least to me, kind of implied that, like, this this was a master radio station that went, like, everywhere, and this was just supposed to be the end-all, fix-all, when really, though, that's not how radios work, and then it doesn't even kill the things, it just debilitates them to the point that you can it go up and, like... It makes them vulnerable. 
yeah, it just makes them weak temporarily as long as the noise is there. And then, like, I don't, I couldn't tell if, like, it came off a little bit like this was supposed to be the end-all, like, super radio versus, like, just a little bit of a radius. And then they figure out how to do it globally from there. Like, and the fact that the movie literally just ends, it just, there, there's no falling action. There's no uh, post-credits. There's no... Uh, so it's just you do climax and then that's it. You forget to write the rest of the ending and we just start the credits. And it's like, what, what the hell are we doing? Like, what's happening next? So do you remember when we were talking about this off mic, how I said they wrote it in a way where it now has to be a trilogy? Do you want me to actually explain what I mean? Because I, I purposely would not explain that to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? no, I, why, so, what do you mean by that? So I, we left there and I was talking with Kelsey and I was like, they, they now made it like, like I said, I would have been fine if this wasn't a trilogy or if this was, if this was a standalone movie. And oh yeah, this, this didn't need to exist. Made this, cause the, cause the first one ends with, we better run. And I, I assumed I was like, they're going to get, they're going to try and get away, but they're probably going to die in their escape. Was my it could, thought. It, yeah. And, it could have just ended there and been a great single movie. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, if you're going to have a second one, this this better be like it's a good of its own movie. And it, it is, but they the way it ends sets it up to where you have a three-movie setup. The first one is how do we survive this situation? How do we get through having this baby and our, fa- and our family drama? And how do we kill a monster that we don't even know if we can kill? So it goes from that to... The second movie is we know how to kill them. Now we just have to figure out how to distribute the weakness everywhere so that we can start killing them to the third movie is how do we start taking back the world and how do we start getting civilization back? That's the third one. The third, like I know you were talking about like there's a prequel, but I'm talking like the logical progression of like a main story in this. It's a, it's a three act structure. It literally is a three act structure just based in movies. Yeah, no. We just that saw would... the second one. We just saw the second one of we figured out how to distribute this everywhere. Let's start kicking some alien ass. Like that's literally how this movie ends. No, that's that's a that's an excellent guess for how the third one should go or presumably would go if you naturally like okay problem then solution now spreading said solution yeah and um this one's gonna be like not a. Not a prequel, it's just a spinoff. We don't know where in the timeline it is, but um, we'll know about that next year. But, um, yeah, now, now, they kind of have to now. Like, you don't you don't just do one, then two, like because that's not how stories are structured. There's always Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, and it definitely seems like they want to do a third one. Like, it didn't feel as all-inclusive or, or as self-contained. That's what I'm trying to say. It didn't feel self-contained. Like, you can look at one as, like, it tried to be self-contained, but then it was just successful enough. John figured out a way to make the sequel. It, it, so, but now that you made self, the sequel, now you have self, to finish the trilogy. It was self-contained, but it was super successful to the point where it's like, well, technically, it is an open ending. This one, in my opinion is sequel bait they do end it in a sequel bait way of we found out or we were successful in our mission time to take back what's ours oh no it totally it it totally is like and whether it goes like that hard it's, or it instead becomes of, just instead of like mm-hmm. the first the first one's an open ending where it's just like oh my god we gotta go what do we do now this one is a definite push in a specific direction of this is where you go from here yeah and then it's up to them to decide, like, if this one's the last one or, like, this third one is just, like, we have the solution, but then they find a problem and then they solve problem. Okay, now back to spreading the solution. Like, it's, I mean, it's all up in the air how they would do it, but no, your point is absolutely correct that this one definitely was more conscious about, like, okay, we had no idea how successful the first one's going to be, so now we kind of have to assume that this one's at least going to be seen by a lot of people whether they like it or not we have to at least assume a lot of people are going to see it which would then green light the sequel so it has to end like that there's going to be a third one but at the same time i still want to just complain about it just 
I maybe it's a really personal thing that I just don't like in movies, but I don't like when the when you're done with the climax and it's over. There's no falling action. There's no epilogue. Literally just cutting to black when the action's over. That really, really bothered me that they ended the movie like that. It it has its place in action movie, um, action movie uh, franchises. Because you know there's another movie coming, and it's like okay, fine, action movie. There, you know, stock lock and two smoke or what's uh, stock lock and two smoking barrels or whatever the saying is. Like okay, cool. Like load, get them loaded, get them cocked, and let's go. It has its place in action movies. This is a horror movie, and it's like now you're making me afraid you're about to have Quiet Place Three: Last Blood. I don't. I didn't get the super vibe. I didn't get quite that vibe. I get where that fear was coming from, and that that I was should like, be. I don't. F- I don't want the because th- because the monsters are absolutely terrifying in the first one because it's like oh my god these things are invincible and the slightest sound brings them to you. Yeah. And I, I do like at the end of that movie, it's oh my god their big their big strength actually is also their big weakness, and then in this movie. Because they know that they're more vulnerable and easier to defeat, and it just makes me think, great, now that you have the mass distribution of their weakness, it's just gonna be about killing as many of these things as possible and stacking bodies. See, I would hope producers have a meeting exactly like what we're talking about and thinking about how to avoid that because these aren't bloodbath movies. These are about suspense. These are about the family at their heart, it is the family. The suspense, in, the suspense in this, the suspense in this is tremendous, just like in the first movie. Like, oh, absolutely! I knew yeah. she was gonna be fine. And the scene in the train after she grabs the first aid kit and she falls back and it goes back into and I, I really like this, this the death mode where like they just cut all sound. I that scene's amazing. Oh yeah, and when she's like outside the train and then. It comes back when uh, Cillian hands her the the earpiece. Like, there's some cool sound effects that they still do with that. Um, I like where she is... tells him to enunciate too. Like he keeps looking away and talking. <laughs> she like grabs his chin, turns it towards her, and she goes enunciate. Yeah. <laughs> like you oh. have to look at me, and you've got to put effort into what you're saying. From if you don't know sign language. But the other thing that's funny, too, when they're in the office and he's trying to say, like, I'm taking you back to your mom. And she goes, I don't like you have to sign it. And he's like, oh, crap. I was like, just write it down. There's paper. There's a desk above you. There's paper and pencils or pens all over that thing. Probably. I don't want to lose this real quick before we get entirely off of this. But did you were you there early enough to see like the the behind the scenes, like where they were interviewing people? Like, did you have a little um before uh, Conjuring 3? I saw it. I did not see it before this movie, but when I was in Conjuring 3, I saw it. Oh, okay. There was... Emily Blunt said something that I've tried not to forget, and I might not be saying it exactly how she said it, but she said that the way that the this was approached was, uh, in comparison to the first film, the first film was, okay, how can we avoid getting caught and then how do we this... how do we have a she said how do we have a how do we survive having a baby in this world now how do we survive on the run well no she's she said she said the phrase for the second one was how do we stop the bleeding like yeah okay how do we avoid getting caught and now we've been caught how do we stop the bleeding and like yeah. she said that's the way they approached the this movie and i kind of got what she was meaning by that as i was watching the movie at least so <sighs> I, I mentioned I actually mentioned The Walking Dead earlier, but like I this movie I got a lot of Walking Dead vibes from, um, because uh, this it, doesn't this didn't suck though. <laughs> yeah, but what I, but what I'm getting at is like it reminded me of the episodes leading up to them finding um, a new like safe haven to live at, where like they're all like struggling to get to this one place so they can thrive. And which, it reminds which, me which of, safe haven do you mean specifically? Because they do that liter- like every literally other any, season. No, what I'm saying is literally any of them. Like oh, any oh, okay. any of the, any of the episodes where they're walking from safe haven to safe haven. That's what this movie reminds me of, and except good. Um, but 
like yeah. <laughs> it, ju- just that sense of like constantly needing to move constantly needing to be on edge of your surroundings and never putting your guard down like even yeah. even when they got get to the island when uh Killian Murphy sees the boat that those two alien the two aliens were on that just he saw drift away the moment he sees that boat I was like oh no <laughs> you don't even need to be quiet about it. Get them to realize they're not safe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, it, another TV thing real quick before I forget it. Um, you, did you watch stranger things like every no. year? Did you, Oh, do you know? I've seen, what the, I've seen maybe one random episode because I walked in and my dad, sister and brother-in-law were watching it on TV after I got back from work one day. Like that's as much of it as I've seen. You don't know what the the monsters from the Upside Down look like? I know what they look like, and yeah, they kind of look like that. But I remember that being a complaint about the first movie, too. Okay, I couldn't remember how vocal people were back then. Very. I can't remember. Okay. I, <laughs> very I vocal. I remember that being a very large complaint about the first movie. Yeah, I mean, I complaint, I guess, is kind of a strong word because it doesn't bother me like that much. But it is strikingly similar like and i'm only making emphasis on this because we didn't do the first film for the show and i just yeah i wanted to acknowledge that having watched stranger things oh yeah these monsters look in like they look like cousins like the monsters are so similar well speak speaking of the island when they realize they're in danger uh jaiman hansu's character i remember in the lights camera barstool interview like I said, one of them saw the movie right before that. They did the interview, and then and COVID had shutdowns s- happened. They couldn't talk about the movie for literally a or, year. Or the interview, NBA. and they had, to, they had to sit on it. And they, they, when they did their review, I liked how the guy that was in on the interview that had seen the movie, he's like, I felt so bad in that interview. Because he, he said, Jaiman Hansu said, I can't tell you my character's name or it'll spoil something in the movie or something like that. And like... The guy that had seen the movie, he goes, I felt really bad when he said that because no, he's no, he's just making that up for for press because they all I, like I don't even think they said that guy's name, but his role. I do not pretty, remember that guy's name. His role is pretty minor. Like when when they get to the radio station and he doesn't see the monster, I thought it was kind of weird for his character to get that panic. And he's like, did we drive too fast? We got to go check for my family. And I was like. Or you could just wait for the monster to catch up to you. These things are really fast, but they can't keep up with a car. Yeah. <laughs> that was... But then but then his death, though. Like, even though I kind of saw it coming, that was still pretty sad. Oh, as soon like, as he oh. started panicking, I was like, you're about to die. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That, that whole sequence, though, when they're running through the town and you see the monster just, like, sideswipe this way and then sideswipe that way. Like, every yeah. time it was... Every time the camera was just fixed on whoever was running and it's just chaos in the background. That happens literally like five or six times in the movie and it looks fantastic every time. My favorite version of that is the cop that bravely gives his life in this movie. When John Krasinski and the daughter in the opening sequence are running out of uh, the restaurant and they... (laughs) They run out, and the uh, I I actually really like John Krasinski's uh, reaction to this, where he sees the cop pull the gun up and rack around, and he just grabs the daughter's head and pulls her down, like, like uh, this is about to get loud and dangerous, and then he just freaking unloads it into it a bunch of times. Um, I really like where this like the chaos is just sitting on that guy from like behind him. Dude, it makes me sad that like there probably isn't gonna be a way that will be worth it to make him in the third movie. Like, I don't, I don't see a way that he could be in the third movie without feeling so shoehorned and and unnecessary. Like this makes sense. It's the sequel. And we didn't see day one in the first movie. So that makes sense. And that sequence was amazing. It was a great way to start the movie, but now I'm sad because it's a great performance and we probably won't get any more of it. The first movie felt like it was so low budget that it's like, yeah, you can't put the destruction effects in that the that the opening scene requires because the opening scene is incredibly destructive. Like, well, it's it's not really that necessary though. Like, I get why that. I th- I think yeah. that's more of a writing thing. I think it was just unnecessary versus just literally they, dropping the audience were, into it. 
from what I remember, a lot of the questions were, are these things aliens or are these things monsters? Is what I remember a lot, like the big question coming out of that movie was after. And basically the prologue feels like a fantastic way to go, these are without a doubt alien invaders. They are not monsters. They were not on Earth. Did you see the fire coming out of the sky? Did you see Clark? Um, <laughs> Whoa, Clark's getting really close. <laughs> Clark's super aggro today. Um, but so in um, in this movie, when um, when they have that opening thing, I like when they go in the diner because I I, I kind of like that John Krasinski just puts together sound is a terrible idea right now. Like when they're in the diner yeah, and the one guy's like saying the prayer and he just puts his hand on his mouth and he like, doesn't verbally say it. He's like, will you shut the fuck up? Like now was not the time to be making any noise. We don't know how well these things can hear. Yeah. And then the one person's cell phone goes off and he's like, yeah. Like I love, I love the ragdolling of like throwing that guy behind that bar Oh, dude, I it wasn't gory at all, but seeing people just get slapped and just thrown like it was almost as horrifying as if we saw them literally like get ripped in half like an army of the dead. Like, yeah, it was pretty it's, gnarly, <laughs> dude. It was it was so intense. That scene like again, like like I said, the 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 uh, drama and the tension buildup is so good in this movie that um the scene where um, Emily Blunt uh, comes back with the second oxygen tank and she's like, okay, this thing is going after my son and my baby. So she sets off the sprinklers so that it, it will just be super loud. She sets down that one um, container and she blows it up just to mess, like, mess up its hearing more so she can get down without an issue. Yeah. And then... I like, um, I, I, I will say as kind of cliched as was, I did like when the son killed the monster at the very end. Oh, I love that. Yeah. When, when he was like, enough is enough. And he's like blaring the sound on the radio. And then, by the way, he probably would be deaf, uh, for a little bit <laughs> with how loud <laughs> that was in his ear. Um, and then it's like pulls out the pistol and he like shoots it in the face. I like that. No, that was honestly everything with the kids. I love both the arcs that they went through. Like she got to fulfill this plan and now she has an idea of like something that could affect getting rid of the monsters in a massive way. And then he found the strength and the courage that like he can defend himself and protect his uh, sister. Is that what the baby is? Or whatever the baby is. And then I think, I think it's a girl. And then his mom too. Like he can step up and be the man of the family. Like, I, I don't know. I was, I, I was really moved by, uh, how how delicate their stories were i liked it a lot did you did you notice in the beginning when john krasinski's in the pharmacy he walks by the spaceship that kills his son later in the first movie oh yeah yeah, yeah. i know i noticed that yeah i thought he was oh that's the i thought he I was, was like, gonna oh, actually grab spaceship <laughs> i thought he was actually gonna grab it and like they like overdo the nod just like okay we get it like <laughs> yeah um I thought it was really funny when he's like, hey, I got to go. I can't wait around to pay. And the guy's like, I know you'll be back in. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, how do you know you're in a small town? That happens. Um, but when um, when Emily Blunt leaves to go get supplies, I love that that kid is like, I can't take care of the baby. And I was just like, is, is he about to murder the baby? Are you about to really have baby murder? Sympathetic baby murder? Oh, God. Oh, God. I know why your brain would go there, but no. There's no way that was going to happen. <laughs> I figured the baby would be crying. Nothing he would do be able to stop it. And he hears one of them come out. And he just yeets the baby out of the hole. What is with you and just throwing the baby? Like, it's like... <laughs> Like have you have you seen the end of Tropic Thunder? I've seen the yes, I've seen the I've seen Tropic remember Thunder when the like kid's ten stabbing times. him and he di- remember when the kid's on his back stabbing him and he just grabs it and throws it and it's like a perfect star and it's spinning. Oh, and it's clearly a ragdoll. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's with my obsession with that is I want to see more of that in movies. Or like when they throw the dog Baxter off the bridge in Anchorman. <laughs> <gasps> Baxter. <laughs> Um, this burrito was so delicious. That's so filling. That's <laughs> so filling. <laughs> um, but um, 
Yeah, I talking about like I don't know how much more there really is to talk about besides besides like where where the franchise goes from here. Oh, dude, that could be anyone's are, guess. Are honestly. you are you are you worried that they will franchise the hell out of this? Because I, I actually am. Oh, for I'm like I'm worried like, about what they're gonna like do with they, the the direct next third not Jeff's movie but the third movie. I'm very worried they're gonna jump the shark. Like I'm I'm worried what I'm worried about is this like I said, this movie to me makes perfect sense in a three act structure just using the movies as acts. Like a, a trilogy. I think this would be a great this it'd be good to just end it on a trilogy. And if John especially based takes on how you his, ended this movie. If John takes his time writing this script and isn't forced to churn it out in two years because that's the deadline. Yeah. Give him the time to actually think of a very good story that's worth filming. Don't just force the movie because two years is like the shelf life or no one will care. Don't think like that. Take your time. Wait three, four, five years. Hell, if it's a good movie, it'll be worth yeah. the wait. Three three years, three years, people will still care. This is save the box office from what I've heard. Like, this is what they thought Tenet was going to be. We're waiting 13 years for Avatar 2. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the Star Wars sequel trilogy made a lot of money. It wasn't great quality, but it made a lot of money. Um, but uh, I'm 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 honestly very worried that they will make this into like a six or eight part movie series and just keep coming out with stuff. It's like, yeah, oh, uh, this isn't this isn't the one to overexplain and keep pushing with. Like, this isn't gonna. You actually gotta keep this concise. No, this is not gonna be like the Friday or the Nightmare movies where there's like seven Freddy movies and like nine Jason movies. Or I had that backwards, but I mean, you know what I mean. It, they're not gonna franchise this that bad. I don't think. I really hope they don't. No. Like that's that's my honest fear is that they over like Lights Car Barcel, they were talking about like the over explanation of the monsters. Uh they were like, I don't really like that really detracts from this movie. I'm actually I'm worried of the over just exposure of this movie franchise. Like I really hope they just keep it concise to three, maybe four movies. Yeah. I I kind of I don't know how apt this analogy is but it, it kind of makes me think of what happened to last man on earth the will forte show on fox like it started out with a phenomenal pilot he's literally by himself and it ends with him finding Kristen shawl and that's the twist he's not the last man on earth but then not even that long in like by the end of the second or like the third season of the show yeah i heard it i heard it kind of died like my name is earl ran into just, that issue i think it had two seasons of him trying to correct wrongs and then a season of him in prison and then another season where he was in a coma oh dude by the end of the second season of the last man on earth it was a regular sitcom with a full cast of like six people like it wasn't really about the last man it was the last people on earth like yeah. and it just became like well, another sitcom Kelsey for a while was uh, rewatching The Good Place, and I watched it for a bit. And I actually remember a season ended, and I stopped liking the show because, like, I felt like after a certain point, it stopped being funny, and it felt more about trying to get them out. And I was like, no, go back to the jokes of like what they were in life, like the cutaway gags. Like the cutaway gags are hilarious for this show, dude. And the... they stopped having that. I actually I watched. I watched season one and I want to say I watched season two, but I never finished the good, not because I didn't like it. I just, I just took time off of it after the first or second season. I just never picked it back up. I don't have a it, good excuse, but it, it was, it was okay. After the season, like the season that I'm talking about where it, like it stopped like me liking it. Um, you can like see a definite change in what they're trying to do with the show. Dude, the worst, since we're talking about it, the worst pivot for a TV show for me will always be Weeds. Uh, the Mary Louise Parker show about uh, being a mother and a drug dealer or a pot dealer. Um, yeah. That show was a fantastic, like, she lived in this perfect neighborhood. And it was like a whole, like a, like a fully cliched, like middle class suburban area. And she's the black sheep because she sells drugs on the side and like the cops are getting involved and like it was this really quirky funny comedy and then spoilers for a almost 15 year old show now at the end of season three 
the entire suburb catches on fire. So, or maybe it's just her house. I, I know that's a big scale difference, but like the show ends with a massive fire. And so she has to leave the suburb. And then from there, seasons four through eight, like season four, five, and six were just so awful. Like they started getting into hardcore, like drug drama territory, which was just not good. And then seven and eight kind of rebounded a little bit. I didn't make up for how bad the other ones were, but like weeds, if it ended on season three and then the cliffhanger ending, is just like, Oh, well, what am I going to do now? What's the mom going to do now? Like it would have been one of the best comedies ever made, frankly, but then they just had to ruin it after that. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, who would you cast Nick Cage to be in Quiet Place Part 2? Uh, I love it when there's six people in the cast. Um, <laughs> um, I think, I think honestly, honestly, uh, Diamond Hanzu's character would be the best place for him. I don't, I just don't see where he would fit that well with, I don't, I don't know where he'd fit that well in any other role. Like, Unless maybe he's the guy praying under the the diner table and then like just gets thrown across the diner. <laughs> Umpire at the baseball game, because I think it'd be really funny when they all start looking at it. Because the umpire at a little league baseball game is supposed to like not swear and be like an upstanding citizen or whatever, and I just think it'd be hilarious if like he peels his mask back and he's like, "Oh, what the f- that thing?" <laughs> he's got the same face from Face Off. This the ah, <laughs> yeah. I like that pick. I like that better than mine. I just I hate this question so much when there's literally like five people in the cast. <laughs> By the way, the Islanders are up two with one minute twenty two seconds left, and if they win, they're going to the the conference final. They're going to the round before the Stanley Cup final. Oh, is the potential opponent? Already- and they're about to knock out. They're about to knock out like one of the most hated teams in the sport. Yeah, I don't even watch hockey, and I hate Boston. <laughs> yeah. Who would they who would they play? Who would they play? I don't know off the top of my head. I think they're reseeding after each round two because it's not the normal playoffs because of the COVID stuff. Oh my god. Like it well, like they this year they only played fifty two games. You could only play teams in your division. Like you just you just played like the same, I think like six or seven teams over and over again. Jesus, really? Yeah, that's bizarre. Like I remember, I remember at one point the Blues were getting kind of screwed over by another team testing positive, and so were the Coyotes. So we played them. We played the Coyotes seven games in a row. We had a playoff series that went seven games in the middle of the season, essentially. My God, that's uh, yeah, that sucks. But yeah, it was it was nuts. Dang. Well, well, thanks for reminding well, me. Three goal lead. Well, thanks for reminding me again. RIP offside. Oh my god, I ugh, that that uh, that almost single handedly is ruined by night. And my favorite bars closed. <laughs> Sorry. No, well, two of my favorite bars since I found out off my two. Uh, another favorite bar of mine closed also because of COVID. Ah, damn you, COVID. Ugh. This is why you drink at home. <laughs> this is uh, this is In the solitude. This is the human experience, Nick. Life lost taxes it's all part of it go experience being a human <laughs> that was re- that's really mean i'm sorry <laughs> go to olive garden on me. <laughs> oh my god guys that's our thoughts on uh quiet place 2 we've been going almost an hour on this so we're gonna take our break and when we come back we will remind you what we are going to be watching next week we'll be right back All right, everybody, that is it for Fugue. <laughs> that is it. Also, offsides, you would be partying right now because the Islanders just beat the Bruins in advance to the uh, conference final. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, anyway, that is it for this week's reviews. Thank you for listening to our thoughts on Quiet Place 2 and Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It if you listen to that. Also, next week, we are only going to the theaters once, and that is going to be for Cruella. We are finally watching it because we weren't going to pay Disney Plus $30 to see it. And we just, you know, 
it took a little bit, but we're finally watching it in a movie theater through our A-list, <laughs> so it's a little cheaper. But that is going to be our theatrical film next week, starring Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, Cruella, the live-action remake. Nick, you are picking a time machine uh, like we used to every week. Uh, what are we going to be doing for the time machine? We're going to go get clinically depressed. Uh, the movie that we are watching next week, I actually did read the book. Um, and it is one of the most messed up things I've ever read in my life. We are going to see Johnny Got His Gun. Yes, uh, it is a trip into the time machine to 1971. It is from Dalton Trumbo, and it has uh, Kathy Fields in it. It's got Donald Sutherland in it. Um, Timothy Bottoms. I'm just looking at the IMDb page right now. Uh, it is uh, not pretty messed up. It is a pretty messed up story. I, I I will give you that. I remember reading the book in high school and it ending and just being like, I feel empty. I I honestly don't. I trust that I read it, but I really don't remember it that well. I've not. Seen... It was no no no. I chose to read the book. Let me put that out there too. Oh. This was not assigned. I decided to read the book because. This is the book that inspired the song "One" by Metallica, and they heavily use clips from it in the music video. I okay, then yeah, I don't feel bad. The only book I remember reading in high school vividly that would have been related to this was um, it makes me think of American history or American studies, whatever. When um, they gave when he gave us literally a chapter of the jungle, and then I went out of my way to try to read the whole book. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is pretty messed up. Uh, in terms of things I've read. That is not like the incoherent ramblings of a madman in terms of things that like it's coherent and it's just a dark story. This is a, this is one of the most, if not the most messed up thing I've ever read. Imagine being a slab of meat that can't die. I'm dude. I'm excited. I, um, listeners, uh, I didn't say it yet. It's not streaming anywhere for free and hell it's not easy. yeah this was this was hard to I, I i finally bought the dvd is why we're doing this it's um it's not even remastered in hd on digital platforms um i'm gonna be renting there just i'm gonna be renting there was, it on amazon there, there was a there's only like two places you can get it amazon and i think voodoo or something um but there was there is a blu-ray of this it is a blu-ray master anniversary copy that was over a hundred dollars so i bought the 13 dollar dvd was was that also like a um an import did you notice if that was an import i think it i think it was an import but it had like a the remaster and had a bunch of like extra stuff with it okay so i was gonna say it was it was it was very much a box set type deal and super duper duper rare and if it was an import that means it wasn't even made in the united states so it probably wouldn't even play on your blu-ray player because they uh region yeah. they region lock those yeah region lock yeah but um but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna rent it through amazon it's only a two three dollar rental it's pretty cheap but um that's how i'm gonna be watching it um and then like i said cruella if you want to watch it on Disney Plus, it's thirty bucks. Otherwise, go to the theater. Uh, that's what we're gonna do because we're fully vaccinated. Um, those are our reviews coming next week. Nick, remind everybody where, in the meantime, they can reach out to us on social media. Few game. Uh, Facebook Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, Instagram Brownie underscore Points underscore Guide, and Twitter at Brownie underscore Cinema. Uh, as well as brownie points guide to cinema at gmail.com show local the bowl of popcorn with the brownie and it is the profile picture for everything uh, make sure you're sending us brownie bites it is where the topics to discuss contents new movie trailers review or uh, movies to see whether they're in theaters or streaming we're on letterbox dan is capital d brandy 49 i'm somewhere on there um, the best way to help us grow since we don't have a presenting sponsor as just a reminder we don't talk to you about getting mattresses in the mail or getting meat in the mail or putting up a domain thing or anything like that we just talk to you about movies um, and occasionally uh the italian equivalent of olive garden um or the italian equivalent of applebee's um <laughs> i was gonna say some people will agree with you the italian equivalent of olive garden. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh we but help us grow by telling everybody you know about us shout out when you're making love is the joke shout it while you're doing pretty much anything uh, tell as many people about us as possible. Also, leave us reviews whatever platform you listen to us on. It's the best way to help us grow, break through algorithms. Uh, we challenged Nikki. Uh, still waiting for a review. I mean, we've given you a couple movie reviews. We could give us a podcast review. I'm just saying. Um, oh, my God. Stop, stop, less aggressive. <laughs> that was not aggressive. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then, uh, but, um, uh, yeah, 
words helps if we get words ones on apple Podcasts, we'll read them on air but five star like the highest rating you can give us good words helps us a lot so please do that back to you dan listeners we will always be here in your ears on apple podcast spotify google play anchor.com and all other major podcasting platforms here and around the globe all you international listeners out there we know you're there and really appreciate you tuning in as well so far the year has been better than 2020 but it will only continue to get better if keep wearing your masks if you're not vaccinated wash your hands excuse me open your ears and your hearts and give a damn about each other and go get your shot like nick and i did we both hit our two week um our two week mark so our vaccinations are in full effect that's why we're going out into the theaters and embracing the world again because we well can and we hope you do too believe in science go get your shot and that is going to be how 2021 is the year that we get the world back to normal, if not 2022, probably, if we're being honest. But <laughs> with that, Cruella is coming out on Tuesday. Johnny Got His Gun is coming out on Thursday. We have a regular news episode on Sunday as well. That's all we got for you this week, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you later. That one's for you, Offsides and the Islanders. R.I.P. Offside. This is the human experience, Nick. Life, loss, taxes, it's all part of it. Go experience being a human. (laughs) That's really mean. I'm sorry. (laughs) Go to Olive Garden on me.